Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Rob's Observations. Rob's Observations with Rob Liefeld. That's me. I'm Rob. Uh, I, I, I make the comic books. Uh, I've been making the comic books for 34 years now. Very uh, blessed, fortunate, uh, excited still to be doing comics. Doing comics all day today. Uh, been 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 uh, been drawing some pages for some secret projects. Uh, doing more Snake Eyes, which is a GI Joe project I have. But I am always drawn back here to rock the mic with you guys and continue our uh, just our journey, our discussions about comic books, pop culture, how they connect, how they line up. Uh, what a wonderful thing it's been to to watch all the comic books I grew up with. Uh, kind of manifest themselves, whether it's through animation, like the X-Men animated series that rocked everybody's socks off in the 90s, or whether it is through all these um, fabulous films that we've had the last 15 years, 20 years, and uh, and and then, of course, all the great new uh, streaming uh, content, television stuff that we've been getting or it's on, and, and, it, and, and is on its way. And I've been fortunate that I've seen quite a few of my characters actually get translated to this, uh, the, the, you know, other media, whether it's cartoons or games or or, or movies. And and uh, you know, we have been talking about cable, and we are going to wrap up the initial uh, uh, cable kind of behind the scenes story, how he came to be, the impact he had on the '90s and on my career and and my work itself. But uh, this last week, finally, after, uh, 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 you know, it, it it's always seems like it's a long wait when I'm, I'm waiting some new uh, product. I, I, I love seeing my characters uh, in plastic as toys. I grew up, I love toys, I love action figures, I love the sculpting, I love the, uh, the posability, I love the points of articulation. There's not any of it that I'm not completely uh, caught up in. I love the the state-of-the-art packaging. The packaging has really uh, come to life over these last several years. I mean, they, 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 the, the way they um, feature these characters in, in these boxes or on these placards, blister packs, it's, it's, just, it's just really cool. Well, there is yet another round of uh, Cable and Deadpool action figures that are coming here this fall or right now. Right now, or at least we're in the fall. And I've been waiting. I saw the previews at Toy Fair. Uh, back in February, and uh, Marvel finally a couple of years late, by the way. But uh, and and for the the, the X Men movie toys with Hugh Jackman's likenesses and uh, Patrick Stewart's likeness. Uh, I mean that that's been a twenty year wait. You know, Marvel absolutely withheld uh, movie support yeah, licensing support from Fox Studios. That's a fact. Marvel will not deny it. Fox will tell it to you straight up. All my friends. That worked at Fox, that made that, that worked really hard to make these movies, and especially were finding their groove there um, from about 2015, you know, through 2018, 2019 with with Deadpool, Deadpool 2, Logan. Uh, they, they were finding their stride, and and uh, they could have used that extra muscle that that um, Marvel is so good at providing, which is on the toy shelves. When you get that stuff on the toy shelves. Those are, for all intents and purposes, especially to the licensor, they are advertisements to eyeballs that are young and old to go and interact with this product uh, in its original form. And, and, and when you grab a Spider-Man Far From Home toy, the original form of that toy is the movie that's in the theaters at that time. 
so that toy may get little Billy to tell his mom, hey mom, can I go see that movie? And that is then the perfect synergy between what they're seeing at Target and Walmart, their big box store experience, and, and then translating into, hey, will you take me to the theater? So it comes full circle. You're buying the toy that's gonna then get you to buy the ticket. And of course, the flip is you walk out of the movie theater and you want to interact with the toy. So it works both ways, but you cannot deny the um, uh, perfect advertising storm that comes with um, toys and merchandise that leads up to these movies. Right now, obviously, you're seeing Black Widow and Wonder Woman merchandise. I was in the stores this weekend, and that's the stuff that's on the pegs right now. That's on the end caps, and and it's and it pushes your interest to to oh man, that movie's coming out. Oh man, I want to see that. I want to see Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman. Too. I want to see ScarJo in all these different costumes. She's got a white costume, a black costume. She's got you know new friends and foes, and so similarly, the uh, the 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 Fox properties never got that because Marvel withheld it. They didn't like that they didn't have the properties anymore. They they regretted the deals that they did with Fox back in the day, and uh, they they they. they wanted desperately for those movies to ground out, especially it was made very public with the Fantastic Four. Um, they just turned all the faucets off. They even stopped publishing the comic as to if as if to communicate that they just were done. They were kind of not uh, uh, supporting that product in any way. Well, with the X-Men stuff, it had already proven to be popular when they were happy with the deals in the early 2000s before they raised the financing and made Iron Man in 2008 and started this whole new era for them, which found them bringing all the box office receipts home, which was better than the meager X-Men deals that they made, and then better than the $20 million per Spider-Man movie that they made uh, out the gate early on to get the Sony movies going. But, but back in 2000, that $20 million a movie, that was huge. I mean, that was a huge deal for, for then, and, and, and no one could anticipate that they would eventually you know, take uh, Cap, Iron Man, Thor, and get the, the financing to launch their own films, and then, you know, welcome to the Billion Dollar Club, which, of course, then brings Disney in, who buys them, which now looks like for a song, $4 billion for Marvel Comics, don't forget that, and $70 billion for 20th Century Fox, okay? So, that's that, 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 is, that is like eight years between those deals, and that is a whole lot of zeros going down, but... Back when they were, uh, you know, unhappy with the Fox deal and, and, and decided that those, in fact, were competitive with them, those, those took up windows, slots, release dates, they withheld licensing. Well, now you're getting Deadpool 2 toys two summers after Deadpool 2, you know, made $740 million at the box office. But they're cool, and I dig them, and the exclusive to Walmart so you got to go to Walmart or you got to know somebody who goes to Walmart and shops for you is the Josh Brolin likeness cable figure. It is a fantastic, epic figure in the most amazing packaging. He's got multiple different um, fists that you can interact with, a ton, uh, uh, two pistols, the giant rifle, um, just all manner of, wait for it, pouches, accessories, knives. Uh, best thing Best thing about it is it looks exactly like Josh Brolin. The likeness is, is exactly like he walked out of Deadpool 2. And and it thrills me that two years later I can, you know, be uh, walking through Walmart and I see all of these brilliant boxes, these giant 
And this 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 this, this action figure is gonna set you back. It's it's twenty four bucks, man. It's twenty four dollars. They realize that the packaging, the collectability, the exclusivity uh, exclusivity is uh, is something that they're gonna um, trade on here. And uh, and so, so, so again, uh, a trip to Walmart becomes a revisiting with my buddy Josh Brolin, who I just thought was so outstanding as Cable in Deadpool two. And I and you guys, from the minute that at the end of Deadpool one, uh, when when Deadpool comes out in his Ferris Bueller thing, and he and his robe, and, and tells the audience to go home, and then says, "Next time we're bringing Cable." That was the gun, uh, the shot heard around the world. I cannot even tell you. You only heard a fraction of the actors who were participating. In attempting to grab that role because suddenly comic book movies are cool. Deadpool became the coolest uh, of the bunch there for a while. The word of mouth on Deadpool was fantastic. The little engine that could, the $52 million movie that made uh, $760 million. A $52 million movie. Brilliantly executed by Ryan Reynolds, Tim Miller, the whole gang, Rhett, Paul, everybody. And they brought that first movie to life. People loved it. It was now like, oh my gosh. I mean, again, uh, just like with comics, we're going to get to that soon. Hollywood follows the ledger. $52 million turned into $760 million. And, and so any follow-up to Deadpool was going to be met with every agent in town trying to get their guy to be this cable character who immediately, you know, the call was going out to get the actor to fill it. And, and from Dolph Lundgren to... Uh, to Russell Crowe, to Ron Perlman, and names that I, I, I won't divulge but are bigger than you could ever possibly imagine, all threw their hat in the ring attempting to be Cable. I will tell you that had Tim Miller um, done Deadpool 2, he had a very um, interesting casting choice in that it was an unknown, a guy that Tim, uh, a young actor who, who he had wanted to uh, give the nod to. I'm not sure the studio would have greenlit that, but I saw some previs. I saw some uh, stuff that he had done up that through through his, uh, you know, his studio that that was very very exciting and uh, and and it would have been interesting to see how that how that uh, road would have taken. But when David Leach comes on, you know, now um, uh, uh, they're going in a slightly different direction, and we all know that we ended up. With the fantastic Josh Brolin, who I absolutely, as the creator of Cable, can tell you 100% could not have been more thrilled. I am a huge Josh Brolin fan. His voice, his presence, his acting. He's just a handsome dude. I could not believe he got so ripped for this role. Got so ridiculously shredded. He showed the entire world how he went to the gym and became this amazing version of Cable. The only other, th the only thing I ever hear is, oh, well, he's he's not as big as Cable is in the comics. Yeah, well, the Wolverine that I grew up with was 5'5", five five, and uh, Hugh Jackman, way over six feet, was not the Wolverine that I grew up with, but I immediately fell in love with Hugh Jackman's depiction of Wolverine in the same way that you should have immediately and did fall in love with Josh Brolin's depiction of Cable. Scarlett Johansson is short. She's beautiful, she's stunning, but she is not the Natasha Romanoff the Black Widow that I grew up with, who is uh, much taller, um, much more formidable, just completely different looking in every possible way. And, uh, and, and also, similarly, Carol Danvers in the comics did not look like Brie Larson. But of course, we get these characters get cast, and then we um, either completely fall for them and their depictions, or, I mean, we don't. Uh, I've been very fortunate. The Deadpool franchise obviously was very well received. Josh 
was completely amazing and, and loved as cable. But um, I always get the, the people who want to tell me, oh, but 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 this or but that. Now, screw that. Josh nailed it. it. There are frame after frame after frame after frame in that movie. What, whether it's his glowing eye, his scar, you know, his 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 uh, advanced cybernetics, the weaponry, the way he moved, his growl, the delivery, the voice. And here's the deal. So Cable shows up. He's the key piece in the se- in the second movie. And I don't know if he goes if you I don't know if you guys remember, but there was you know chatter and oh are they gonna are they gonna tell us his entire story or or when it, after it came out they're like oh I'm just so bummed they didn't give us the full history of Cable you know I would have I would have appreciated if, if if they had if they had included the full history of Cable and that's where I'm like hey stop you know what you know what they did in the movie they did exactly what I did in the comic book. We gave you a taste. I gave you a taste. I, I tickled you with some mystery. I showed you how physical this character was, how macho, going back to the last episode, part one of Gable, a macho show. Richard Anderson from Six Million Dollar Man, Oscar Goldman in his in his interviews for the for the series is like, We were a we were a macho show. Lee Majors was a macho. And and I had brought a whole bunch of macho to the new mutants in the form of Cable, who completely changed the course of that franchise and in the movie in Deadpool 2 with Cable he is very much I even was very entertained by the fact that in New Mutants 87 when Cable is introduced he is infiltrating a highly fortified base to um, locate a figure and, and and take them out and prevent something from happening. In New Mutants 87, Cable is introduced attacking a highly fortified base in order to take someone out and prevent this certain action from happening. So especially when he, when 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 Brolin walks through as Cable, and that entire scene in the in the uh, in the prison uh, is is very plays out very reminiscent how New Mutants eighty seven did, and what you are left with at the end of Deadpool two is you want to whole, know a whole lot more about the man called Cable exactly as it was set up and queued up in the New Mutants books. Remember, Cable took off. And New Mutants took off with Cable before we got to any solid answers about who he was. By that by that time, it was three years in. He had already been a multi-million, mega-selling, brand-new, hottest character on the block. Okay? Before we peeled back the layers and showed you who he really is. People just liked him at face value, exactly how he was in Deadpool 2. So it was so thrilled, and it is a thrill, to get these action figures right now. Again, I got a brand new shipment of these cable figures delivered to me. Thank you, Hasbro. Um, you know, uh, uh, in support of now Deadpool two. Two years later, they're all hitting the uh, hitting the shelves. The, the Marvel has, has is doing the Fox line as well. You've got these killer Hugh Jackman Wolverines for the first time, and uh, so it's all part of a wave that's going on now. So I mean, if you're if you're looking at the Hugh Jackman Wolverine, you're like, I'm going back. You know. Uh, 20 years for that. So it's whether it's two years back, 20 years back. These are the these are the action figures that you're getting now, and they're exciting to hold. And 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 this cable one that just came out again that is is that is highly exclusive. Um, Zazie Beats as Domino has come out. She exactly looks like she walked off the screen. And then of course um, Ryan Ryan's version of Deadpool is coming as well. They're all being you know um, distributed from different sources, but they're all. From Hasbro, but just that, just finding it this week and seeing Cable, reminiscing about Josh Brolin, seeing how he was portrayed on screen, how well people 
took to the hymn and to the character, and it harkened back to New Mutants 87 when he was introduced, and he was just a badass man of action with a, mis- with a mission and a lot of mystery, and he clearly had answers uh, to situations that hadn't occurred yet. He was very deliberate in all his movements and very relentless, and that is what people responded to when Cable landed in the books uh, in 87, in New Mutants 87 and beyond. And suddenly this, this character is igniting sales on New Mutants in, the, in a way that the book hadn't seen ever. Um, when it first launched uh, back in 1982 as a graphic novel, 83, uh, it, I mean, people dug the New Mutants. It was exciting. It was a spinoff book. They never had their breakout character. The book never truly had its breakout character. It did not reflect in sales, whether it was Warlock, who we kind of dug, or, or Magic, who definitely tickled us. But it never had a breakout on par with a Wolverine, um, or or even even at the, at his at his most you know uh, popular Colossus was a huge breakout star. I've covered before how Colossus was supposed to be the star of the book. The classic Marvel strongman trope is why he is so prominent on the first year's worth of uh, covers because especially with the the colors too, um, blue uh, he he's silver um, and red ye- red and yellow. It's it's all primary colors. Big bold figure stands head and shoulders above everybody else but Wolverine became the breakout and fueled all the sales all the excitement for all the fans I was there again I remember it and that is what I was shooting for with Cable but you don't know it's going to work until it's in your hands and it's working and Cable was working and one of the barometers I was using is I would go from different comic stores uh, in the, in my just backyard the LA Southern California San Diego Orange County area Canvas is about a three, three hours worth of you know real estate up and down the coast and I would go to these stores starting with like 87 88 and then 90 and then 92 93 the Wolverine appearances that I fought so hard to get in the book and the crowds were growing the lines were longer the signings were hours more extended because people were digging cable he was catching on and 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 all of the attentions to detail and, and, and my, my art style and the way that I portrayed this character was clicking. And again, I've, I've carried you through how I negotiated hard to get the controls that I needed and to come onto the book. I needed to have a great big fat say in, in this character, what this character was going to do, the impact this character was going to have. And in fact, I was hired uh, with the idea that I would now, especially after I was offered to write and draw Alpha Flight, uh, that, that I would be able to take the reins. Um, ironically, the writer and I worked in tandem together for about six or seven issues because uh, with Cable, because you've got 87, 88, 89, 90, uh, 91, and, and, and then 92 is a fill-in, and then you got 93 and 94. And, uh, and, and, and so there's, there's, there's six issues there before we are going into an X-Men crossover late that fall, early winter uh, of, 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 uh, of 1990 and, and, and it's, it's, it's the Extinction Agenda, which is a great, great, great crossover. Really exciting if you were the X-Men book, Jim Lee, um, Scott Williams, because the, the, all of the powerful components in that story were geared towards that book. The big Wolverine battles with Archangel, the big um, Wolverine and Jubilee attacking uh, you know, uh, Genosha, the big showcase for Psylocke, all the characters being captured and displayed on the stage in that stunning double pager. 
all the showcase moments were designed for the X-Men. X-Men was the flagship. They got the big moments. The X-Men, again, were a bunch of kids mainly running around um, with Cable trying to catch up to them and redirect them. Um, I only did breakdowns on, uh, what is that, issues uh, 95, 96, and, and then I, I, I bowed out on 97 because I had already been given-handed the reins before issue 95. So by the end of the Wolverine Cable, I have been told, and it was a sequence of events, that I would be taking over the book as the writer. So um, that issues 93, 94 with Cable and Wolverine, again, which I had fought for, I needed um, Wolverine and Cable to meet because, again, Cable... First of all, I'm trying to make Cable new and exciting. And I know that you, from experience, from my own absolute love and adoration for Wolverine, that if I could establish that they had a past, that that, that I could even further ignite, um, you know, your imagination with what was going on with this character. And so um, getting Wolverine in the book uh, was like an early request, like from my first issue. So it took months to clear because, again, back then they weren't handing out, you know, uh, 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 Wolverine like he was Halloween candy. That they, they they would do that later in the later in the '90s when he would just appear here, there, and everywhere. But we had to wait because you know Chris um, Claremont was very uh, possessive of of Wolverine and was writing not only X Men but Wolverine. So uh, finally, we got the clearance. We got the two issues, and once again, I felt like it 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 took a little long. It, it, the, the wind-up to getting Wolverine and Cable to clash uh, took all of the first issue. And then when they finally did clash, um, you know, m- my, my entire uh, intent was to, was to uh, you know, set up that these guys had a past, that there was, um, there was more uh, between these characters right then and now, that there was uh, some bad blood, some bad beef. And we didn't get that. I remember when the, the script came in and I, I really was was not thrilled with the fact that uh, that it was really just one ref, one reference to having having better moves, you know, since the last time we met. And uh, I wanted to put some uh, some some more some more meat on on the bones there and establish that they had actually worked together in the past. And uh, w- one of the things that I had had planned was to eventually, you know, Reveal because they were already knocking on the door that Wolverine was over a hundred years old. That that Cable and Wolverine had done had 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 met back in the Wild West and and really really go there and and, and establish the mystery of wait 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 Cable is alive and interacting with Wolverine you know uh, that far in the past. I mean they they were already firmly showing you Wolverine in World War Two. So I wanted to push it even further and and again whether it was uh, you know World War One whatever give a really uh, past vibe, but here's the deal. I am pushing this boulder up, up, up the hill. Again, New Mutants was no no one's idea of a priority. Uh, X Men was the was the gold standard. It was uh, it had been maintained beautifully by Mark Silvestri at, as the artistic, you know, um, true north of that book for many years. And Jim Lee was getting ready to come on, and. Uh, you know, New Mutants is a book that no one saw coming. Kind of everyone had counted out. The reason I was able to get so much of what I wanted to do done and push through was because uh, the, the, the book was kind of left behind. Again, it was told to me, well, if you're going to take this book instead of X Factor 
And again, I got to underscore, I'm not following Walt Simonson on X Factor. That's just a bad idea. And, 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 and for young artists, again, I just hasten, I, 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 I really want to share with you sometimes that, 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 that job opportunity is not as what it's cracked up to be because you're going to expose yourself to filling shoes that you're not quite up to, or maybe aren't intended for you. And there's a couple guys I've watched over the years. And, and there's, there's a couple guys in particular that took assignment after assignment in the two thousands and the 2010s. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, you you still can't find your groove. Cause you're just, you're not picking the ponies, right? It's, um, it's, it, you have to find something that builds to your strength. You have to have the guts to say, no, I'm not going to do Dr. Strange. If you're going to do him as Kolchak, Kolchak, the night stalker, this in, paranormal investigator, you, you, you're tearing him away from everything that makes him cool and putting him in a, in a, in a double breasted suit and having him investigate Dracula and, and vampires is not what the audience wants to see right now, especially given everything that was clicking at the time. You have to be able to say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do the Hulk. You have to say, you know, I'm only going to do New Mutants if you let me uh, take more of the story credit and listen to what I want and the beats that I want to lay down because I want to make this book work. I want to make this book matter. Cable became a really huge character really quickly to the tune of our sales were going up. Now, I was fortunate enough, very fortunate enough to be trumpeted as an important voice coming on at the end of New Mutants 85, it says in big logo coming the artistic, you know, whatever of Rob Liefeld. I was being heralded. It felt good. Marvel was marketing me. Again, I'd had huge success on Hawk and Dove. The, the response to all my fill-ins that I had done on X-Men, X-Factor, the annuals had gone over really good. So we were about to, you know, get down. But I couldn't, even with all my artistic abilities as honed as they could possibly be to the best of my abilities at that time, I could not have turned that book around without this new figure that I had negotiated, time traveler, man of mystery, family ties, you know, um, here's, here's the funny thing about Cable. I alluded to this last time. So, you know, one of his, his, if you're looking at Cable straight on his right eye, you know, glows if you're looking at it. And if you look at his scar, you know, the other eye has a scar on it. One time Jim Lee called me up. Uh, I was working, it was about like eight, nine at night. Um, my, 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 uh, assistant Marat Michaels, who was just out of high school and, uh, would come and hang out at the studio and, and, uh, do, do transfers. Uh, I would, at that time I couldn't print my pages out in blue, blue lines. So I would blow my sketches up and Marat would like table them onto, uh, the, the Bristol board. And then I could ink them. And we had a great time just hanging out, talking comics, shopping, playing basketball at lunch. Uh, my times with Marat before he broke in as a penciler, um, were so much fun. And, 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 and the great thing is, uh, he's not the only guy that I can put in all these rooms. Again, he's there. Um, Marat and I haven't really worked together in over 10 years and all his stories don't change because he's, he's, he remembers, you know, just like I do the times as they happened because they were exciting and comics were changing and, and, and the, and the players and the voices were changing because again, you know, this isn't John Byrne X-Men. This isn't John Byrne Avengers. This is definitely not John Byrne Fantastic Four or Alpha Flight. This is the era of John Byrne's West Coast Avengers and Namor. Okay. Um, he was no longer getting the plum assignments, whether by his own choice or whether by theirs, it was a time for the new voices, the Todd McFarlane, the L boys of Lee Larson, Liefeld, Lim, Dale Keown was coming on strong. Um, you know, we, we, Wills Protasio, um, just blowing everybody away with his amazing artistic, 
um, abilities. It was really competitive, super, super competitive. It was like a new class coming in, you know, whether it was that, that, that amazing, what is it, the 2003 class of, uh, of LeBron James, Car- Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade. I mean, you don't think those guys were looking at each other trying to, you know, they were all destined for greatness, and, and, and they all definitely uh, were jockeying to be, you know, the man in the NBA to be the next guy, just like we were, just like McFarlane and Lee and Lifa. We're, 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 we are competitive as hell trying to establish ourselves, and I am having to do it. Uh, it felt like with, with, with a blindfold in my arm tied behind my hands because with, with Spider-Man and Wolverine, and, and anyone who argues this, this is nonsense to argue against what I'm about to say. Um, it, Spider-Man and Wolverine are like the Yankees and the Red Sox, or the Yankees and the Dodgers, of, of, of Marvel Comics. They are the premier, premier franchises of that time. You know, you could say in basketball, they, you know, that they, they were the Lakers and the Celtics. You know, pick pick one, but that, that's who Spider-Man and Wolverine was. That they were the 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 franchises that got immediate eyeballs no matter what, no matter who. They demanded your attention. They lived at the top of the charts. Um, you know, even if um, even when Todd left, Amazing Spider-Man stayed at the top. Eric Larson came on, didn't miss a beat, while Todd got ready to launch his Spider-Man in 1990. Um, but New Mutants had nothing. It had nothing going on. There was It needed a fresh coat of paint and a complete um, redo, and I was there to flip that house. And I'm fortunate that the fans took to cable in the way that they did. So Jim Lee calls me up and says, Hey, uh, you know, you... Uh, you you, you, you you put the scar in the wrong eye. Ha, 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 ha. And he giggled the, the way he giggles. And I said, what? And he goes, yeah, I, I saw this cable guy. And, and you know, you, you know, you got, the, you got the eye that blinks that like obviously has an implant. Like, like that's where the scar should go. And I'm like, well, that's great, Jim. I guess if, uh, if you created the character or, or, or if you knew his backstory, you know, that, or, or that, that's what you'd do. But clearly you don't know anything about this character. No, that scar has a story to tell. And that, Glowing Eye has a story to tell, and they're two different stories on one face, okay? But it was like the ha ha ha, ha you know, had you been thinking logically, and I, I got what he's saying, like this, there's a there's a cybernetic implant in there making his eye glow because he has a cybernetic arm on the right arm, so that's where the scars should go, and I'm like, no, 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 dude, you're, you're, you're then uh, cheapening the amount of story there is to tell on that face. Again, I had a plan, and here's where things get interesting. Cable is turning out to be so popular that in the annuals uh, that year that Marvel is doing, they are doing an annual event that introduces this new character named Ahab, okay? Ahab. And, uh, and, and, and as, as, as part of this thing, um, it, 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 all, all, of the, all of the X annuals are crossing over with it. It's, it's, it's X-Factor, it's New Mutants, it's X-Men, and uh, it's called Days of Future Present. So it's, it's got Rachel Summers, it's got all this stuff going on, but Ahab is this new villain, and I see the visuals. Bob Harris, my editor, again, who I, I love and got along with, fantastic, and I think he you know had his own brand of chaos that he had everybody uh, 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 operating under because it, it, it kind of, look, you can't argue with the results. The results are what the results are, and I, I did feel like there was some unease and there was definitely some chaos, but this Ahab, Ahab cat, okay, he's from the future. And he has a scar over his eye, just like Cable has a scar over his eye. He's even more cybernetic than Cable. And these are written 
by Chris Claremont, okay? And in the penultimate issue, when Cable and Ahab battle that summer, okay? Uh, I mean, this is just crazy. This is this is literally like seven to eight months after I've introduced Cable. A, a writer, Chris Claremont, is has, has outlined these stories and is delivering to you on the biggest stage with this giant X-Men annual and Art Adams is drawing it. Cable... Um, again, Ahab looks like a skeezy, scurvy-looking version of... Ahab looks like a skeevy version of Cable. Scar over the exact same eye. And uh, has a white streak in his eye, in his hair. Just like Cable has a white streak in his hair. And I'm like, what's going on here? Well, Ahab brushes up against Cable as they are fighting at the end of this issue. That They are, they are battling each other in, in the big big finale set piece and and cable and and uh ahab who's got like these you know a, a cybernetic peg leg um and he controls the hounds and sentinels of the future comes from like the days of future past he 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 and cable are wrestling over his battle staff and he says uh you know you can't hold this this harpoon is bonded to me none but ahab can hold it and cable says he may have a point. My, my, my hands are burning, but I can't go. I won't let go. And then Cable says, and, and his face. And Ahab says to Cable, what's wrong, Cable? See someone you know? And blast him off. The familiarity that I wanted to have, Wolverine to have with Cable that I didn't get is right there with a character that I have no input on. But here's the deal. This signals to me, what the hell? Chris Claremont's trying to make Cable into Ahab? And and there's, I, I mean, I can 100% tell you that is exactly what he was trying to do. Chris Claremont's like, hey, a new toy. I'm going to fashion this toy to, to be something that I want. And I'm little Robbie Liefeld going up against the juggernaut of Chris Claremont. And I call my editor and I go, what the hell's going on here? That is not that is not who Cable is. And Bob's like, ah, you know, we're just playing around. I'm like, no, there's it's more than playing around. They have, they have matching scars. They have white streaks through their head. They have the cybernetic, you know, um, uh, uh, reflect that they both reflect this cybernetic input um, and design. So here's the deal, you know, this extinction agenda is coming up, and I have convinced them now to let me write and draw the book. But I agree with Bob to at least do some breakdowns on the extinction agenda stories because I need all the time I, I in the world to start writing New Mutants and uh, and, and penciling and inking it. Because I'm going to start inking my own work as well, which means it's more labor intensive. Um, that's more hours at the board. No, no, no penciling, and you know, putting X's everywhere for where the dark or the black spaces are going to go. You got to fill those in yourself. You got to do all the rendering, the line art, the the borders. I mean, all of it. It's it's an extra chore. Um, I wanted the book to reflect the work. Uh, in the truest possible sense, in how what I saw in my head, I wanted to be on paper, and I felt I could do that best if I started inking the book. So I'm like, Bob, I need the time. I want I want to hit the ground running with issue 98 and make this special. Well, uh, that's why I only did the, uh, the the breakdowns on the extinction agenda because I just didn't feel like the the new mutants played an important role whatsoever. And if you look back, they're the most negli neg negligible chapters in the crossover. Not a whole lot happens. It's really built to let the X-Men and by extension Jim Lee shine. And those are great issues there. They happen to be my favorite jobs that Jim did. That that Archangel Wolverine battle 
Um, you guys all know what I'm talking about, and, and Psylocke is amazing in those issues. Uh, I, I feel like from Punisher War Journal to, to all of Jim's Uncanny work is my favorite Jim Lee work. I love that style, that merger of influences. You can see Kevin Nolan, John Byrne, Michael Golden, Art Adams, and who Jim Lee was becoming. All merging the siphon that we've talked before that Jim can take Kevin Nolan, boom, and immediately implement him as if he you know, was always doing what Kevin Nolan was doing. It's, it's seamless. He had the best anchor of this new generation, Scott Williams, polishing him. So those X-Men issues, that, that stuff just shines. It's amazing. And, and I'm trying to stand out. And I know that my sales are connecting. I'm going to these stores. Every time I go to a store, there's more and more people. They're more excited. They're giving me more copies of the book. But, uh, you know, that's when we got the news that summer. Of 1990, when all this is happening, Cable's battling Wolverine, Jim is on the X-Men, that's when Spawn number one hits with Todd, right? And it's a big deal, huge deal, sells out, I even told you. I drove 40 minutes to Buena Park, bought some books, drove them back up to Fullerton, and made a small profit selling them a buck over cover to my retailer who didn't have any going into the weekend and desperately needed them, and so we made a deal, and, and that's when I learned, like, wow, there's really... Uh, a supply and demand for this stuff. And some of these guys have gotten, you know, caught short with this. And that was all set in motion again by those Legends of the Dark Knight launches that coincided with the Batman 89 uh, launch, which had the different construction paper covers. Literally just covers with a logo on it. Blue, gold, you know, orange, and yellow. Okay? So, 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 so that, 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 that was, I mean, blue, <laughs> blue, purple, no, blue, pink, orange, and yellow. That's it. And, and that is why Marvel, the next year, did the three Spider-Man covers. And it sells them, sells three million. Well, that afternoon after I got home from selling those comics to my comic store for a buck over, it's late in the afternoon, probably 4, 35 o'clock. I mean, it's it's summer, it's June, the sun's not going down till 8 o'clock. But I've, I'm crashing, I, I crash on the couch in my in my bedroom and, uh, and I get the phone call. It's Jim Lee. Jim and I talked. Obviously, we're both working in the X-Men office. We're both trying to make something happen, advance ourselves. And I remember distinctly, Jim said, uh, did you get, did you get Todd Spider-Man? You know, did you get Todd Spider-Man number one? I said, yeah, yeah. It's really good, man. It's really blown up. And Jim, like, just cut to the chase. It's exactly what he said. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I got the call. I got the call. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, uh, yeah, I'm next. Uh, uh, next summer. That, 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 that's me. That's me, uh, uh, X-Men number one, we're relaunching X-Men number one. I'm, I'm, it, it, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the slot. And I literally, you guys, my, my stomach, uh, turned in knots. And, and, and I, I literally thought I was going to throw up because I was like, I'm going to lose pace. I am going to lose pace with these two guys who I view that are in my league, that I am in their league, that I, I run with, that, that I'm getting commensurate sales with. New Mutants, by this time, by the by those Wolverine issues, we are top 10 comic book material, knocking on the top five. And uh, our, we've gone from the uh, bottom of the X-Men world to we have jumped past Wolverine, jumped past X-Factor. The only thing that we are looking up at is X-Men itself, which has a 20-year track record of being the top. It has Wolverine, you know, taught as Spider-Man. And I'm going to get left behind, you guys. I'm going to get left behind. That's what I'm thinking. And I said, oh, oh, well, congratulations. And I was happy. It's, you know, it's inevitable. Um, 
the, the next, what makes all the sense in the world is that Spider-Man just sold $3 million. We're going to sell even more, relaunching our most popular franchise with this new hot artist that we have named Jim Lee. So immediately, I begin to formulate plans how I can stay in the picture, how I not get left out. So I am already tagged to start the Extinction Agenda uh, crossover, and but 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 I've already been given the green light. So again, um, you know the whole thing about the, the cable, um, the writer was exiting the book uh, by the by the sixth issue, the, by by the by issues ninety three and ninety four. I am preparing to take the book over with ninety eight. I have to commit to help putting the piece the puzzle pieces together of this crossover, and then I'm going to get the whole enchilada. But now. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta be part of that launch. I can't let it just be Jim. I cannot cede that real estate to him. And really, the biggest uh, campaign I have ever mounted was when I called up and said, Bob, can I talk? I really need to talk to you. I feel as if I have transformed this book. You see it. You've told me how well it's selling. You've told me, um, you know, how, how excited you are about everything we're doing and all the new characters. Um, I believe the book should be renamed. At, le- at the very least, restarted. And here's the deal. Marvel was doing a second wave of new number ones. Every year now, they were doing new number ones. That's where, where, where you got you know, New Warriors, you got Guardians of the Galaxy, and the year before, you got Ghost Rider, and you got you know, She-Hulk. Um, they were, that's where you got Darkhawk and Sleep, Sleepwalker eventually. And I mean, they are Punisher War Journal. They're used to launching these new families of titles. And so I figured that if I could get in on the 90, 1991 schedule of new titles, that at least it would give me a shot. Because again, um, uh, you know, I, I just couldn't be left behind. I, and I needed that launch, all of the campaign and the marketing and the promotions that would come with that launch. So I said to Bob, I want to rename it. I want to get an X in the title. You know, X-Factor, X-Men, and New Mutants. What what doesn't sound right here? The New Mutants doesn't sound right. It doesn't roll off the tongue. It doesn't have the X. And the marketing department headed by Sven Larsen, who I mentioned last time, great, wonderful Viking name. And this guy is such a nice and wonderful guy. He had joined with me to, uh, to, to he believed, because his job was to sell and market the books, and he felt like this was a no-brainer. But on the first attempt to get Marvel to give me a green light on, uh, of this, on this, in late summer, early, early fall of 1990, in the planning stages for 1991. So we are now within, uh, I mean, the year gap has passed. We This is August 1990 for a launch of summer 1991. So now I'm looking at nine months to make this happen. Sven goes in. He says, here's the sales figures. Ever since Cable came on board, ever since Rob came on board, the book has taken off. The sales are through the roof. Um, Rob has got a plan to rename the book. And I had given them all sorts, all manner of, you know, executioners, exterminators, X-Force, pick one. It had X in it. I, I just wanted to move forward. And, and, and he said he's got new characters coming in when he takes over the book with 98 that are going to be even more, you know, as popular as Cable because Cable had been so popular. Like I said, within six months of introducing Cable, he is one of the key people that was part of the all-annual summer event of 1990. He arrives in your hands in stores in January 1990, okay? January 9th, I think, 
one of the, the first weeks of new comics in 1990 is is when cable is in your hands, okay? And uh, and so then, you know, by summer, he's only been in six or seven comics. He is the focal point of an annual event, which again, you know, uh, has has Ahab in it. Now the cool part was I got to see Art Adams draw Cable, and I got to see you know John Bogdanov John John Bogdanov draw Cable. I got to see um, you know Terry Shoemaker draw Cable. It was fun. It was really fun. But man, I did see that little sleight of hand there where Claremont's trying to co-op Cable and uh, and make him into a bit of what uh, you know, kind of you looking in, you, you see a face, you know. Ahab is clearly implying that we are, you know, one and the same. We are kin. We are alternate universe, reality, reflections, paradoxes of each other, whatever. I didn't appreciate it. I let it be known. Like, you can't be doing this. And it was also a sense of urgency that I better tell you who Cable is fast or deepen this mystery um, and take the reins. And and you guys all know what eventually happened. You know what happens on that last page of New Mutants 100 which nobody saw coming. I told no one. I did not tell my editor. He found out when he received the pages. Again, you guys, no social media, no texting, no emails. You put your pages in the FedEx box and you overnighted them. And and, and with as many books going out as monthly as they did, nobody was able to keep track of everything. No, nowhere near the way they do today with all this intensive planning. These, these summits you hear about, these creative summits, n- n- never one-on-one. Didn't, didn't have one while I was there. Um, the closest thing we came to one was an X-Men family meeting uh, after I had uh, announced that I was departing and doing Youngblood and, and helping form Image Comics. And it was in a, in a meeting room and I had really checked out because I had nothing more uh, to involve myself with. And, uh, and Jim and I were both leaving. But now they've become these elaborate multi-day summits and these giant you know, meeting hubs and catered and all sorts of crap. I, I never saw any of that. You did what you did. And eventually, if you could throw a curveball, you threw a curveball. And in this case, I threw a curveball. But in the meantime, I had to get the marketing campaign. I had to get approved. And I was turned down. Turned down cold. Turned down cold. No relaunch, no exterminators, no executioners, no ex wars. Well, Sven encourages me that there's going to be another opportunity in a few weeks to pitch it again. So in October, we go back, we pitch it again. Still no. Tom DeFalco, whoever's making the decisions, maybe it's my own editor. I have no idea. Um, The interesting thing is editors actually receive royalties off their books once a year. Um, When you got a royalty from Marvel Comics, you got to check every, it was supposed to be every nine months. So so when 87 cam, comes out, I'm supposed to get a royalty check nine months from them. That, that's how the royalty system was supposed to work. It normally always came 10, 11 months. It was never nine months. Not not in my case. Um, but uh, the editors would get annual royalty payouts based on sales and performance. It was a great way to encourage them to call guys like myself and Jim Lee and recruit them and Wills Portacio and get us to work on these books to up the sales. That, 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 that's a great motivating force is you get a big extra bonus at the end of the year based on overall sales. So I can't imagine Bob wasn't in my camp want, seeing where we were going. You guys, New Mutants 98 sold 750,000 copies. My first issue was, uh, the issue before me had sold 115,000 copies. And my first issue, we had gone up 10,000, 12,000 
given a bump, you know, 127,000, whatever, based on the excitement and, and not knowing anything about cable, but just, you know, I, again, they were trumpeting me. Um, that artist moved needles back then. And I was seen as a guy who could move the needle and we moved the needle, but then we just kept pushing the needle and pushing it up and pushing it up. So you guys, I came on with 86 and in issue, by issue 98, what is that? 13 issues later, I am, uh, 12 issues later, I, uh, it, we're selling 750,000. Okay. New Mutants 98. Sight unseen, you haven't met Deadpool or Domino or Gideon or seen what I'm going to do, but the juice was there. The word was out. Liefeld's taken the entire creative helm. Um, when it says creative helm, the, I wrote the stories. There is no issue of New Mutants or X, uh, X-Force that I did that I did not write the stories. Writing the stories, just so you know, involves, and, and you can call that a plot or a story, that involves character direction, um, that involves uh, character consequences, um, um, the, 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 the threat, the interaction of the characters, the growth of the characters, the consequences, um, you chart the path. What myself and later on Jim Lee did not have time with, given how close everything was, is we, you know, in, in invoked scripters who would put the dialogue in the mouths per the plots that we would generate, the stories that we were telling, and the notes that indicated what so-and-so was saying to someone else. That's all planned out in advance. Um, I did not, scripting takes me longer than I want it to take me. I had already written a Marvel Comics Presents Wolverine three-parter. I had written a short story for Marvel Comics Presents that Jim Valentino had written with Wolverine and Nightmare. Um, Marvel had already let me write, but I was daunted. That inking, inking and finishing every page uh, and laying out and drawing and coming up with the stories was already time-consuming. So I... Uh, Scott Lobdell uh, and Howard Mackey and the eventual scripter all lobbied hard to uh, join me in the endeavor. I picked the guy who um, I felt like I could get along with the best who bothered me the least. Um, Scott Lobdell, God bless him, he, um, he he was very, I would say, pesty, pesty. And all of those guys had all pitched me. Uh, the scripter on New Mutants had been pitching me to do Soviet super soldiers as a series with him. Uh, right, uh, right when I walked in the door at Marvel, he was trying to secure me to, to, to draw his stories. Scott Lobdell had tried to get me to draw his ideas. Um, Howard Mackey, I just, um, you know, I ultimately went with the guy that I felt could get the job done with the least amount of resistance and the least amount of what, what you would call bother because I am 22 years old, 23 years old, trying to make this all work. At no point should you forget that uh, in the reality of my life is my father is suffering now from uh, his third brain surgery. He is just completely unable to work and provide for our family anymore. My mom is working as a secretary. We are trying to um, get ourselves out of a deep financial hole that found us all uh, holed up in an apartment. My entire life as a kid, we had great houses. We had great fun. We were Whatever version of middle class, I just knew that I never wanted for anything. We weren't spoiled. We didn't have, you know, we didn't live in a big mansion, fancy house. But my parents, they took care of us. They, we, we ate out when we wanted to eat out. I, I, I got an allowance. I mowed lawns. I earned money. But my dad, when he got that first brain tumor, kind of knocked him off his schneid. And uh, being in a coma for nine months, being told you're not going to wake up, uh, that that's the reality of my life. Uh, you know, 
Thank God, God bless, my father woke up from his coma in 1978, nine months, had to learn to walk, talk again. Um, very much affected uh, law. He, if you saw my father, his one, his, his, uh, his, his right eye was, was removed. So he had a cable eye. In real life, my dad had a cable eye. His um, left eye was the only eye that remained. His right eye was gone. Um, half of his face was numb because of the uh, loss of nerves in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the severity of the uh, brain tumor surgery and, and the consequences and the blood clot. And just my dad, great guy, sweet guy, nicest guy you'll ever know, really nicest guy you'll ever know. Never heard him say a cross word about anybody. Never heard him, uh, you know, be anything but pleasant and loving. And he loved his family. He loved his wife, his kids. But he then uh, had multiple surgeries uh, following that, 85 you know, 89, and it just leveled him. He was a shell of a man. And so right at this time, when I'm on New Mutants, we've moved out of the apartment, and I am I have bought a condo. And my folks are living in that condo with me. I'm just trying to keep making money. So selling comics matters to me, not so I can buy a fancy car, not so I can have, you know, material stuff. It's so that I can take care and secure my family's future, okay? That's what these sales meant to me. That's why every move was so important to me. I had to make sure they, that each one worked, that it succeeded, that I could stick the landing on these projects. So I am trying to not get left behind. Todd McFarlane, Spider-Man, he is shock, shot out like a rocket. And Jim Lee is about to leave everybody behind. So on the third uh, 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 pitch, pitching, you know, this is how Rob is going to... Uh, build off of his success with cable and make no make no doubt cable has opened up all sorts of do all sorts of doors for me because of the success going from 115,000 copies to 750,000 copies not with variants not with gimmicks not with scratch and sniff acetate covers you know um, gold foil variants none of that just on the strength of the excitement of the work that I was doing uh, you know the sales had just jumped through the roof and maybe it was that last sales figure that showed the big leap that convinced them hey you guys we should capitalize on this i said i can get the book to be turned around by the anniversary issue which is issue 100 and we can be on our way to a brand new title and so for the third time sven larson goes in he pitches the creative team the editorial management whoever is making this green light and i get word I get word back, Rob, they've greenlit it. They are going to allow you to transform new mutants. Um, part of Sven's, uh, Sven Larson, head of marketing, part of his push was exactly what I was saying, that the book doesn't have an X in it. It would really do well if it had an X in it. That The X in the title uh, delineates it as a special family of books. New Mutants is kind of on an island all on its own. This is a chance to put an X in the title and turn in the tide. I got the news. This is happening. It's going to happen. We are going to transform New Mutants. We are going to take New Mutants and we're going to turn it into X-Force. But you got to end New Mutants and we're going to end it on issue 100. I thought it was great, tidy, 100 issues. I closed the series out from, 90, from issue 86 through 100. It was a blast. Here's the deal. I remember the week that New Mutants 100 came out. And again, Cable, X-Force, they're all intertwined. Um, and I had told Bob, uh, you, you better believe 
Um, and I've said this on stage. If you heard me talk about this before, the reason there's so many characters in New Mutants 98 is because, come on, man, I, I got to follow up Cable. I, I asked to get this gig. I asked to be the writer, to, got, to be the guy that brought the story. Also, I just need to, this is, yeah, it's, it's ego, but it's also factual. And, and there's a reason you don't hear anyone contradict me. I didn't discuss these stories with anybody else. This wasn't a collaboration. I, I wanted someone to script over my work. I have had Jeff Loeb script over my work. I've had Joe Casey. I have had the great Eric Stevenson, um, uh, publisher of Image Comics, uh, script over my work. Okay, I have had Chad Bowers script over my work. Um, these I, I love working with these guys. They, they, they are such amazing collaborators. Um, uh, Jeff Loeb is one of my all-time favorite collaborators. I. Captain America, I wrote the story, I give it to him, he applies the script, the, the snappy pattern, the dialogue that, that is absolutely necessary for your enjoyment of that comic. But the character interaction, the character direction, the consequences, the villains, the, 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 the missions, those are the product of the writer and the writer is I, is me. And I have finally gotten what I had sought and now I gotta knock your socks off. I gotta follow up cable with something else. That's why Domino and Deadpool and Gideon are all packed into the one issue to just completely stack the deck. You're gonna love one of them. I'm hoping you're gonna love all of them, but you're gonna want love one of them. And when I tell people all the time, hey, two out of three ain't bad. Deadpool and Domino immediately struck, hit, connected. De New Mutants 98, we'll cover this some other time. The most fan mail Marvel had gotten on a comic in 15 years. After that book, Bob Harris told me, Rob, you could not believe the amount of mail we're getting on New Mutants 98. They're flipping out for Deadpool. And uh, they eventually sent me the mail. Marvel would send you your fan mail after they opened it and read it and selected stuff. And I, I've told this story again, and it's, it's, it's hilarious. At my office, I got a delivery. It was a giant box, and I was like, what the heck? Did, did Marvel give me a consolation prize? Did Marvel like give me like a bonus? It's like a, it looks like I was getting like a washer or a dryer. Like not as big as a refrigerator, but I definitely thought, man, there's an appliance in here. Uh, it's not like a studio getting a big star, a, a car, but I'm getting an appliance. I'm getting a, like a washer or a dryer. It's going to be great. I open it up. It's mail. It's a giant box that could fit a washer or dryer full of mail. I read every single letter about Deadpool and their love of Deadpool and Cable. And I was like, wow, this is working. This is a golden moment. It is uh, it is so ridiculously exciting. And it was so amazing to get that kind of fan feedback. And the fans have always carried me. They've carried my characters. And when Todd called me up and goes, Bud, what, 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 what you doing creating all these new characters? Oh, you're making us look bad, bud. Like, like, like my editor's like, when are you, when are you gonna give us new, new characters, Todd? Like, like Rob. Rob's just stacking the deck. What, what are you doing this, bud? What, what, what are you thinking? And I said, Todd, have you read those contracts? Have you read those deals? Those are good deals, man. If you can get 5% of that character for your lifetime, you know, this is 1990, 1991. Wouldn't you do it? I mean, I signed over 40 characters during my time, and I signed all those deals. Let me tell you something. I was looking for documents for the Fighting American and the Captain America, the Heroes Reborn segments, and I came across all my original royalties, and holy crap. I mean, you guys, all through the 90s, up through my present-day life, 
I have gotten checks. Every a, a fleer, fle, holy crap! I forgot how much Fleer trading cards would pay me. You're like, there's a statement, and there's thirty thousand dollars for a cable card. There's there's thirty thousand dollars for a Deadpool Fleer card. There's there's ten thousand for Domino. There's ten thousand for Strife. Oh my gosh! There's there's seventy thousand dollars for a for a cable action figure in 1991. Did I mention that they made about ten? or 12 of those, ditto with Deadpool, um, reprints when other people did X-Force or Cable or Deadpool. That's what you're doing when you're signing those deals back in 1990, 1991. Now, my understanding is they changed those deals. They altered them. I I, I just know what I did ba- uh, Look, 30 years ago, and that seemed like a good deal to me. And it turned out to be those characters saved my life. Again, I didn't have the Lakers. I didn't have the Yankees. I didn't have the Dodgers. You know, I had the equivalent of the Sacramento Kings, the Kansas City Royals. Okay, I had I had the I had the I had the expansionism. Okay, I I I had the uh, <clears throat> the Vancouver Grizzlies before they were the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, I, I had the Hornets. Okay, this is this is the, the, the those are the characters I had to deal with. That's that's the reality. I, I said this on on social media, and some guy goes, "Oh, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to diminish, you know, what Todd and Jim did." No, they had great franchises and made the most of them and made them made killer versions of those characters. Todd Spider-Man is up there with Ditko. Jim's Wolverine's up there with John Byrne. They did exactly what they intended to do. But I had to create my own toys in the sandbox. That is a fact to dispute. That is, that is just flat out nuts. That is just nuts. And those characters worked. And New Mutants 100 hit. And this is a key part of the cable puzzle. Strife, who I had introduced in New Mutants 87, who had, re, who had reappeared uh, in 93-94 in with the big Wolverine throwdowns. And, and people are digging him too. He's a popular new villain. I mean, how do you not love him with that killer armor and those jagged edges and spikes and he would just knock the shit out of Cable and people were totally digging him, but I hadn't told anybody what was coming. And at the end of New Mutants 100, if you don't want to hear this and you haven't read New Mutants 100, then, then just get out of here. Then, then, then close off because I'm going to spoil this for you. So you have been warned. This is your, your, your second, your third, your fourth spoiler warning at the end of New Mutants 100. I'm about to spoil it. Remember, if you don't want to hear it, go just stop right now and don't listen further until you have read New Mutants 100. Strife, who has been the primo um, threat for Cable and Company, and who, one of the main reasons Cable is here battling from the future. We have Strife finally, for the first time, take off his mask. He takes off his mask and he, he he takes that helmet off and we have him pulling it away from his head in shadow. He's addressing the mutant liberation front and all those characters that I introduced, Wildside, Zero, Reaper, uh, uh, Tempo, Strobe, uh, Forearm, um, and he's giving them directions as he takes it off and there is an older version of Cable with longer hair, um, shoulder length hair, and you're like, what? wait, what? For the last 14 issues, Cable has been battling himself. Boom. Ended all of that Ahab shit right there. No more other writers trying to come in and tell me who this character that I sold to Marvel was. This is my show. I'm going to run it. I'm going to be the guy that tells you what's going on. Similarly, in X-Force number one, I'm getting way ahead of myself here is where he starts 
where the first time we show you the telekinetic abilities as he's levitating all the tools in the uh, in 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 the uh, repair room as he's re recovering as he's repairing the jet and Domino flips out and says, "What are you doing? Do you want the kids to find out who you really are?" And and he's like, "You think I would do this without you know thinking this through? When the kids find out who I am, it's going to be the exact right right." place and time she goes i just i just hope you know what you're doing i'm not sure they're ready for that reveal okay that is furthering the nathan summers connection the reveal that he has a deeper legacy within the x-men office all by design all written and constructed by myself but cable was way popular before any of that he was popular out the gate he was burning up the charts he was fueling a renaissance a new character venom Awesome. He's a villain. He's in every couple issues. Cable was new and in every single issue going forward of New Mutants and then X-Force. And whether it was his big Kirby guns, his cybernetic arm, his flashing eye, his mysteries, his badass action, because he would pound people with that, with those arms of his, the big hairy buff arm and the, and the cybernetic arm, um, his direction of the kids, his conflict with Sam. All of that stuff just powered him all the way to where he would eventually be on screen via Josh Brolin, and I am pulling that toy off on Walmart, and I can't even believe it even exists. And it's a continued extension of what was started almost 31 years ago. This was uh, this was a big deal because New Mutants 100 was was forecast to do you know uh, maybe maybe Rob you'll do like you know 800,000 copies you know um, we did a million copies. On New Mutants 100. That's a fact. There's three versions of that. There's a silver. We, we came out with the purple cover with the white letters. That sold out. 800,000 copies sold out. Demand was so high they went back to press. They gave you a gold version. A white cover with gold foil 100s. That sold out. They gave you a silver version. That sold out. You guys, there was no... People always ask me, what's your greatest accomplishment? It is New Mutants 100 without a doubt. A bunch of characters who didn't exist three months prior. Feral... Warpath, Shatterstar, there was a character, there. Thunderbird's brother existed, but not with the moniker of Warpath, and monikers matter, and that moniker rocks. So Warpath, Feral, Shatterstar, Domino, Cable. This team fueled the excitement of the fans, and, and we sold a million copies of New Mutants 100. One, two, three, all the way to the press. Um, just fueled such an excitement and let me tell you what old man rob has gotten the biggest kick out of is that about uh 10 years ago i was at jeff john's office meeting with jeff john's and first he pulls out a notebook robert kirkman is there with me jeff Loeb is there and he and jeff john's pulls out a notebook and shows me all of his youngblood designs he had been designing youngblood characters and doing drawings of youngblood characters because he was such a fan but then he tells me exactly where he was when he pulled New Mutants 100 off, you know, the shelf at his store. And he couldn't believe that ending and that ending, how it resonated with him, one of the best cliffhangers of his whole life. And I'm like, this is great. Jeff Johns is like burning up. This is the Darkest Night era, the Green Lantern stuff that Jeff was rocking on. And he's telling me how much Old Man Liefeld stirred him as a kid. Now, similarly, prior to that, Robert Kirkman, when I first met him in 2000. 4-2005, said the same thing. said, dude, New Mutants 100, I could not believe that last page. That last page sold a lot of books. It fueled a ton of interest. 
Uh, I think if you were excited about cable, you got even more excited about cable with that reveal. And again, I held that close to my chest. Bob Harris found that out when he pulled the pages out of the FedEx box. Not, not telegraphed via email or text or social media. He pulled it out of the box. He called me up. He goes, whoa, are we doing this? I said, we are doing this. This is what I've been keeping close to my vest. Look, until the previous writer left, I did not want to play all my cards with cable. I was holding that, that I deserved to make that happen. This is a character that I forced into the equation, and I was the one I deserved to be the guy that showed you all the reveals. And we did, and he blew up. And uh, you know, uh, obviously, I got my my place at the dance with X Force Number One, and there's there's more to that story in terms of when that hit and how much it changed. That that was kind of a a, a culmination, really. You know, Cable, you're holding them in your hands in January 1990, and then X Force. It launches in June 1991, one year and a half from your hands to his brand new launch and 5 million copies, record-setting comic, number two best-selling comic book of all time. Yes, I get excited as I'm looking at my Josh Brolin action figure. And again, to my left on my shelf, there are 20 cable action figures out of you know probably 50 cable action figures that have been manufactured and, and distributed over all these years. But, uh, you know, sometimes... You know, you, you, you make the moves and, and you prove that you belong at the table even when everyone else denies it to you. And that is my empowering message to you. You know, you believe in yourself and, uh, and, 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 and take the tools out of your box. And if they're not going to give you the tools, make your own. And, you know, I, I, I'm definitely familiar with being the guy that, you know, nobody wants to root for to be on the top. But you put yourself on the top because you're disciplined, you're hardworking, you're clever, um, and, and you have great instincts, great instincts above all else. Um, you know, even now I see what's, I, I see at some of the publishers, I see the guys who are crushing it and selling out. And I know for a fact, because I've talked to these guys, I've had discussions with these publishers in the, in the past few years. And the guys who are selling the books aren't the guys they wanted to sell the books. They had made the big multi-million dollar deals with the other talent. And they poured all the money into the other talent because they wanted the other talent to break through and the other talent to be the ones that that, that proved that they anointed the right guy. And instead, the the scrappy guy, um, everything the scrappy guy puts out there, uh, that, that, that they kind of discounted and really didn't want to be the guy to... Uh, to be anointed or to wear the crown, that guy's the guy that's blown up for him. And that happens often. It is often, you know, it's like when the number one draft pick, you know, wets the bed and, and the number, you know, 14 draft pick as Kobe Bryant, you know, is the one that goes on to win the five championships and become the global phenomenon. Um, I'm not Kobe Bryant. I'm not drawing that, compl uh, that, that comparison. I'm speaking of him as a draft pick in the NBA. Is there an equivalent to that in comics? There are. There's a lot of them. Um, I was fortunate that I got my day at the dance to shine and Cable opened all those doors for me, kicked open all those doors. And New Mutants 100 was a huge, massive, amazing part of that. And, and Cable, as this new face, this new action hero, this new guy who doesn't say, you know, who doesn't uh, take no for an answer, reflecting his creator and kicks ass, reflecting his creator and is stubborn and, 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 uh, and fierce, and 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 he was the man of the you know the right guy at the right time. Marvel needed X Men needed a new kick ass action hero character, and we gave it to him, and he blew up, and again became 
umpteen lines of toys and, and even got me in the office of Avi Arad, who was running Marvel at the time. And I alluded to this story at Heroes Reborn, but I'm sitting there with him. And Avi, I even talked to Avi a few weeks back. You know, our paths crossed again. He's obviously, he won an Academy Award. Avi Arad won an Academy Award before Marvel won an Academy Award. So Marvel won an Academy Award, but Marvel, Marvel Films, you know, the MCU didn't win an Academy Award. Into the Spider-Verse is produced by Avi Arad. He won an Academy Award. Uh, to award two two years back, you guys all saw it. It's amazing. He kickstarted Marvel with the movies. Feige was his uh, second in command, third in command. Um, you know the early X Men movies, the early Spider Man movies were all a product of Avi. Well, in nineteen ninety four, I sat down with Avi. He had headed Toy Biz. He had made a hundred <laughs> Cable figures, Shatterstar figures, Deadpool figures, and he sat down with me and he goes. <clears throat> you are the guy. This is how he talks. He talks heavy accents. You are the guy that make software with hardware. I love it. You 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 get you get the equation. The software and the hardware. I love it. All the guns, all the weapons. And in that moment, I knew exactly what he was saying because I'm like, hardware, software. What is this secret language? I'm not really sure I catch this. But then I'm like, I get it. The software is the character. The hardware is the gear. And uh, just like G.I. Joe, Cable had stuff. He had guns, he had knives, he had swords, he had explosive, you know, rockets off his back. He had the um, flashing eye. He had the peeled off half face, which was cybernetic. He had the, uh, you know, he had the, he had the arm. He had the big giant guns. He, he had pouches and straps and gear. He just had a ton of gear. That's the hardware. The software is the character. And, but he's like, you, you understand the software and the hardware. I like you. I like you, he said to me. I was like, I like you, Avi. I'm, I'm, I like all those action figures you're doing. All of those umpteen cable action figures. So Cable uh, hit, the, hit the scene, did extremely, extremely well. We, we got into the record books with Cable. Again, I cannot underscore, and I'm smiling. A character that did not exist in the Marvel Universe. Uh, in, 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 for 16, 18 months before... He becomes the second best-selling comic book uh, of all space and time. You know, uh, is part of the notebook and part of the battle plan that was put forth to turn that franchise around. Did I probably, you know, make a lot of enemies along the way, uh, uh, lose support by by playing different parties against each other to get what I needed? I needed what I needed. I needed what I needed to help my family out, to advance my own career, and not get left behind. I, I will never forget how sick to my stomach I was when Jim's like, uh, yeah, 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 I got the call. Nick, Nick, Nick summer, that, that's me. That's me. I, I, I got the spot. X-Men number one. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get left behind. I did not get left behind. I refused to get left behind. It is fun to relive these stories. They were great times. So much fun. I, I, I do love speaking with you guys, sharing these stories, your memories of these stories, because you guys always share with me. I love it. Um, that is wrapping up so much of what launched Cable and made him the super mega watt face of the 90s. When I go to these 90s books that Marvel publishes, and there are so many of the coffee table books over the years, always the 90s is, you know, uh, Cable is there. He is one of the huge uh, checkpoints for that era. Um, the, the sales, the merchandise that he moved, the money that he made Marvel Comics, 
all the way to Josh Brolin rocking him and kicking all the ass in Deadpool 2. It has been a nonstop blast of 31 years of cable. He turned the corner, the, 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 the trade paperbacks, which have, you know, you know, Marvel Comics in the 90s. There's Cable on the cover right there for you to see. Um, he Again, he is synonymous with some, some of the biggest selling books Marvel ever did. But I wasn't having any of that Ahab shit. None of it. And uh, again, so so it was fun to, to, to move forward once I got the reins as the writer to reveal Strife and, and, and Cable Connection. And, and that fueled X-Force number one too. People were so excited. Again, Right after 98, I, I did a store signing in Pomona. And my Marat and I drove up, and there were literally hundreds of people outside. And then we walked inside, and a solid hundred packing in the store. And I signed for five hours that day. And the next month, I went to Riverside, the same thing. The excitement was just blowing up. I knew just without... Multiple trading cards, polybag, anything. Again, New Mutants 100 went back to press three times based on just people's excitement for what was going on. Um, what a great time. I love reliving these memories. We are building this bigger picture of the 90s. Stay with me. We have so much more to build. What a blast. Thank you for taking this walk down Rob's observations with me. I love sharing it with you. You know the drill. On social media, I am at Robert Liefeld on Twitter, at Robert Liefeld. Full name, blue check, that's me, not the phony accounts. On Instagram, at Rob Liefeld. Just at Rob Liefeld, blue check, that's me, not the phony accounts. I'm on Facebook. I'm all over the place. Please shout out to me. Please give me your feedback. Subscribe, spread the word. Uh, I, I, I love the audience, the, 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 this great audience that you guys are. Thanks for your support. Uh, look for Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe, Dead Game. It's out there. The second issue is coming out any day now. Thank you for your support. Um, just have the very best time and, and, and take care of yourself. Above all things, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and we will talk again soon.